Welcome to the Evolvepreneur podcast channel, which is sponsored by Evolvepreneur.biz, a new online community-based platform designed to help develop your skills and knowledge to be massively successful in this new digital age. Your host today is John North, who is a three-time number one international best-selling author and strategic marketer. John's passion is to help business owners to master the online marketing world. Okay, uh, let's, let's pile in. Okay, welcome to Evolvepreneur Podcast Channel. Today, my special guest is Tristan Wright, a business Sherpa based in Melbourne, Australia, with a background running a small business in sportswear industry and now business growth strategy. He ran a company called Evolve to Grow, which is quite interesting because we actually have the same similar name, so it's quite an interesting start for the day. Um, and basically, today we're going to talk a little bit about work-life balance, um, finding some blind spots in the business, and how he got to be a business owner. So we should be a few good sort of topic list there. Um, so welcome, Tristan. Thanks for coming along. Thank you very much for having me. Cool. All right. So I usually ask a little bit about your background, how you ended up being an entrepreneur, because most people usually get there by accident <laughs> or usually not for deliberate strategies usually like most people don't wake up on their tent and say oh, i'm going to be entrepreneur when i grow up um so how did you get to where you were going to be totally I, and I, i'm the same story so i well i'd always wanted to do business for myself but how i got into my first business was definitely by mistake so i'd um it, my first business that I set up was called Site, uh, Site Custom Cycling Wear. And I actually got into that because I was riding along with a bunch of friends and they wanted, they wanted some new uniforms for the cycling team. And me being a person that seems to know everyone, they said, you can go and, go and find... Uh, you. They gave me the task of organising the uniforms. And I started calling around all the different suppliers and whatnot. And I didn't actually like anything that was out there on the market. So I thought... I'm going to reach out to the suppliers in China and, and do this myself. So did that and organized that first set of uniforms. And from there, I realized there's a gap in the market. So I started, I started playing around in my spare time, setting up a business and, and seeing if I could basically testing the offer in my spare time. Wow. And from there, it turned into a full scale business, obviously over a period of time. Yeah, yeah, it's quite funny because I, when I was working, I was working for Westpac and I ended up being the computer guy in, in the bank. And so all the bank managers used to ask me to come help with their computers. Yeah. And, and because I was still working at the bank, I didn't even thought to charge them. I <laughs> <laughs> do it for nothing. And then it's like, oh, I'll give you some money. So, okay. And so I take some money and then I eventually realized that, you know, this whole thing might take off. So I sort of like moved from that into, um, you know, helping the local computer business. And then suddenly I'm getting all these referrals and this thing just grew out of nowhere. It's like, and then suddenly you realize you're unhappy in what you did because obviously if you did do that, you kind of subconsciously kind of wanted it to happen. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. So it happened to me. It's like, it's, again, it seems like by accident, but I think your brain figured it out. It, it was, it was probably subconsciously by design and you ended up, uh, you were passionate about it and you're good at, good at it. And, and you could see that you were helping others. So we're wired to, in a sense, we want to help other people. Mm. So and it make makes us happy when we see other people happy. So that, yeah. that I think that's a I think that's a trick with with entrepreneurship. I think it's a big difference between to a degree a business owner and entrepreneur sometimes, because a business owner will particularly run a business that not necessarily more logical. I think, but an entrepreneur's got that little bit extra 
kind of passion and, and sort of desire to sort of rough rule the world. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's it. Like, because there's a vision and a, a passion. So, um, and when you've got that, that end goal or that vision, you're, you're a lot more passionate about what you're actually doing. Mm, yeah, it makes sense. So um, one of the things you mentioned to me was that you want to talk about today was, you know, work-life balance. Cause I think that's pretty important because I've, I've run businesses from home when I first started. Always, you always run from home, right? Yep. And then you move out to a business, and I've done that, and I've had like million dollar salaries and all sorts of stuff that were fun, paying huge amounts of rent, and then eventually moving back home again and working from home. And now today, it's much easier. Um, yes. But I think the danger is obviously if you if you've got that kind of level, even if you have got an office, that getting that balance right of not being constantly on and doing stuff must be is tough. Correct, and that and that's almost the reason uh, why I set up this business. So, my my vision in in business is to give uh, business owners the gift of time and freedom now, mm-hmm. rather than in the future. Because my my backstory is I didn't have that that time and freedom, and I eventually worked out how how to do it. But I realised there's so many other business owners that don't have time and freedom in in business, mm-hmm. and it ends up impacting both both their business, their life, and the people around them. So uh, at the end of the day, uh, business has to be a tool for you to actually live the life that you want rather than the business owning you. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the danger is that, um, and I've been, you know, being there, like you get so, particularly in the early startup stages, you know, like you spend so much time on trying to grow it. I mean, now we've got a handyman guy that comes around and says, oh, I've got to be home by three o'clock and this is going to kill me. And, and stuff like it's like you know he's he's she's driving him, but the reality is he's using that as an excuse to leave, right? But the, the thing is that he's he's basically trying to make sure he keeps that balance right because obviously his work his wife wants him to earn money to pay the bills, but she also wants him home to do stuff, and yeah. so it ends up being a you know like a catch twenty two scenario you get caught into. Co- correct, and um, what what ends up happening is so many people get involved or so so engrossed in their business especially in the first few years mm. uh they're then so engrossed in the day-to-day of the business they don't take time to step back and, and think what is the bigger picture here why am i doing this am i am i doing this uh because i, I want power or am i doing this for freedom what what's the actual reason why i'm in business and and if a lot of the time, if you don't actually understand why you're in business, you'll end up working those long hours um, because it's just, it, yeah, it just happens because you'd, you're like, okay, I'm in business. I've got to, I've got to keep growing kind of thing. Mm. And you end up, you know, that constant you know, you know, wheel <laughs> around, around. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, I mean, I changed a few years ago where, um, you know, you obviously got to get a bit of a, you know, I got a bit of a cancer scare a couple of years ago where I ended up with bowel cancer and basically had to go get it removed and all that sort of stuff. And people say, oh, did you get an epiphany? I said, no, I didn't have time because I got diagnosed on Monday, took out Wednesday, I was home Friday. Oh, wow. <laughs> right. So, um, so basically, but one of the things that, you know, made clear was that, you know, you can't be working 24 seven, you can't be working seven days a week because it's a thin edge of the wedge. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. So how much hours, more hours can you do? So I kind of made a decision. I was going to do it before, but I just made a conscious decision that I'm not going to work for clients on weekends. Yeah. And so, now I don't go in the office on weekends because, you know, I'm not going to, you know, at least have a weekend off. You're so much better on the Monday than, than working Saturday and Sunday. 
Yeah, totally. And I'll say with the clients that I work with, um, I don't allow them to come on as a client unless they commit to every three months having a full five days out of the business. No. So that, that means they're totally disconnected from the business for five days in a row. Right. And the benefit of that is that they get to recharge, reconnect with their, their family and friends, but also uh, come back to the business on the following week fully fully engaged uh, and gives them more energy to achieve a lot more. I find even I go away, like I, I regularly try to go away on conferences and things. I'm going away to a digital marketing conference soon. And one of the things that happens is while you're away and on the plane, you've got nothing better to think about. So you actually come back with heaps of ideas, I reckon. Yeah. Too. Like suddenly you're outside your environment and all of these things become obvious that weren't obvious to the day. You're Correct. Because you're stuck in, stuck in the moment. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, Yes, you, being stuck in the moment might mean you get some short-term wins, but it's not sustainable. Mm. So, uh, like I, I probably, I, I definitely don't work a 40-hour week, but I achieve a whole heap more than so many other people because I actually know what I need to achieve each week. I'm efficient when I'm working and I delegate to my team. Mm. Yeah, the basics really that, you know, that, happens nowadays that it, and I think the biggest problem in small businesses is that they're never really taught that stuff at school. Correct. You don't really get that taught that stuff at TAFE or any other sort of outside schooling stuff. So you kind of learn it either by accident or whatever. So I think in well, by mistake, by, yeah, by mistake, mistake. you make the mistakes, right? Yeah. Yep. I guess yeah. that's the reason why I wrote some books and wrote and did a volpreneur because I feel like those skill sets aren't being um, utilized or being taught. Totally. And that's, that's why I, I'm in business because I didn't have anyone to go to with my previous business. And there's so many people out there that they're, they're really, really good at what they do. They're really good at being a graphic designer, mm -hmm. uh, an architect, uh, whatever. Um, and and you, can get, you can get good initial success. You might be able to get to half a million, a million, three million. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can do that by, by being self-taught. But you'll end up burning the candle at both ends and to be able to take that and be, be efficient and, and take home your two, three, 400 K and work, work less than 40 hours a week or picking and choosing when you work. It's, it's really, really hard to do when you're not, when you're looking at it just by yourself. Mm. And, and so what are you, what are your sort of top tips of productivity? Like, and you know, obviously I think one of the things, you know, you have to take a break. I think the biggest thing for me is that if you book a holiday, like I booked a, booked a week away in December. If you book a holiday, it's funny. If you never book that holiday, you say, I'm going to have a holiday. If you never book it. Yeah. That's right. I, yeah, you work. It's about actually setting, it's, it's really simple, setting goals and keeping yourself accountable to them and, and making sure those goals are, are running in 90-day sprints because yeah. if they're any longer than 90 days, the human mind thinks they're too big. Mm. So, uh, and actually making a charter of commitment to yourself so what I mean by a charter of commitment saying these are the, these are the three things I will do consistently each week, both in my personal life and in my business life. So it, it could be as simple as every week I'll go on date night or every week I'll go to the gym three times or um, I'll set my top three goals for business by 8.30 a.m. every morning. So being top three goals are three things I must achieve without today. These are the important things. Makes sense. Yeah. I think one of the things that I've always done is I've always, you know, booked yourself in the calendar. Yep. So actually book you in the calendar or book whoever. 
yeah, because otherwise you you'll be like, oh, I've got half an hour free now. What do I do? Yeah, yeah. and 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 um, one of the things we did is you know like you can't book a time before ten. If you try to book me, you order fan rise. You can't book a time before ten o'clock because I'm not functional till then. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, I'm not a morning person. Even though when I wake up, it's like, oh, really cool, but I'm not doing it again. Yeah. And, and so it's like you know like I've I've sort of set those boundaries. And, and preset it in the diary. So basically, I, you know, it's immovable in most respects. So I'm not going to accidentally book a 9.30 appointment when I'm not ready for it. Yeah. And, and, and seriously, it's about systems and structure. Like uh, I used to be, and I, I still struggle with it, I, I used to hate structure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you've got structure and routine and repetition and build habits, you're going to be a lot happier and achieve a lot more. So... It's kind of funny, isn't it? When you leave, you usually got a job and usually you hate you leave because of that, right? Yep. Because the boss is making you work too hard or something like that, right? So you leave and then eventually you say, I'm not having any structure. I'm doing it. And you realise it doesn't work. And then eventually you do it and then you're actually belting other employees over there because they're not doing it. <laughs> it's like a full circle. Yes. So... <laughs> right, you know. <laughs> and the reason, the reason why you probably left was because the culture in the business um, was one of accountability rather than ownership. Mm-hmm. So if, if your boss had been, uh, been teaching uh, ownership as opposed to keeping you accountable, you probably would have been happy in the business. Yes. So yeah. um, I'm really, really big on, on letting, letting staff, letting businesses own, own what is their KPIs. So, okay. And that starts with having clarity on what, what you're supposed to achieve. Mm, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the basics don't matter, don't really change at the end of the day, isn't it? Like, I, I, I think I can read books written 100 years ago and they're still still relevant today. It's just the technology around it, but Correct. the basics are the same. The basics are the same. They're just, um, they're, they're just re, uh, I guess, reimagined or, or dressed differently. So, mm. all, all the different books, all the different public speakers, the framework on what they're saying or what they're writing about uh, will be the same. Uh, it's just dressed slightly differently because yeah. the human mind and the way we interact is still the same. Yeah, <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? So um, one of the things we talked about was um, finding the best blind spots in your business. Yeah. Um, and what's that mean exactly? What And I'm, you know, I'm kind of guess, but <laughs> tell me what you think. So, um, so it goes back to when I was talking about before, like being stuck in the day-to-day minutia of your business. So... Mm-hmm. If you're working in the business by yourself, um, you, or you you only have a small team, yeah. you're not you're not necessarily going to uh, be aware of what's happening around you. Mm-hmm. A, maybe because you haven't been there before, or yeah. B, because um, you're so single-minded or focused on one one area. So, um, it goes back to taking a step back and 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 looking at the surrounds, like of what's happening in the external environment uh, to to your office, to your desk, to your direct clients. And and sometimes you actually need, a, a, sorry, a network or a group of people around you or or a coach or advisor uh, to, to help you look at something from a different angle. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's an interesting, because I've got a client that likes to overcomplicate things. Yep. So what she will do is she'll will say, look, I think you just need to sell some coaching, right? Just sell some. Mm-hmm. And so and it was interesting. I, I, I had this epiphany the other day when I spoke to her because she said to me, um, oh, well, let's look at three options for that. I go, no, <laughs> we're not having three options. We're just having one option. Yeah. And I realized it sort of hit me right then and there that was the problem 
that we're having because the reality was we got we've done so much stuff and that's one of the things with entrepreneurs right they like to do lots of stuff because they like to be entertained right they don't like you know boring businesses or anything like mm. that so they'll keep on creating stuff and i realized that what the primary problem was you weren't focusing on one thing just focusing on all these things and wondering why they weren't working what what's your end goal what's the minimum viable product mm. let's get it out to market and test it mm. so let's create a stepping stone plan knowing that phase one will help us get to phase two, which will help us get to phase three, which will help us get to the end goal. Mm. So you have to narrow down, you have to niche. Uh, and the, our mind isn't designed to, to focus on three, four, five, six different things at once. Mm. Um, we can, but we're not going to do it properly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's the problem. I think that's, and then you feel overwhelmed and then you don't do, do anything. Then you just like stop. Correct. <laughs> yeah. uh, and it goes back to the fact that the person doesn't actually know what they want to achieve. They haven't written it down and they haven't reverse engineered it. Because mm-hmm. if you've got clarity on what you want to achieve, you can, you can narrow it down and fo- focus. Um, and that's what reduces overwhelm. So what do you think about these, you know, having a big long business plan and all that kind of stuff? What's your thoughts on that stuff? Nope, 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 nope. You, um, especially for your first business, no way. So, mate, you need to have a who, who, why, what, how, when kind of thing, and maybe a, a page for each of them. So, not nothing more than five or six pages, and nothing more than two or three thousand words maximum. So, um, there's the uh, the business canvas map, and that's probably that's a one or two page document. Yeah, that's probably all you need uh, in the early days. So. I mean, even the big businesses now, I think the biggest problem is change is so fast. Yep. You know, I wouldn't even think Facebook's necessarily got a huge plan either. Like, do you mean? Because the things change so fast that you can't keep up. So writing a business plan. I remember when I first started in business, this guy came out and saw me. Um, and I don't even know how he ended up coming to see me anyway. Some sort of business advisor spent an hour with me, sent me a bill for $500. And, and I go, well, that's a lot of money. And one of the things he did was in that question is he said, you know, I said, how much are you going to charge per hour? And I told him 30 bucks or something like that mm-hmm. a long time ago. And, and so, um, and then basically said, oh, I think you should charge more than that. Why don't you charge 80? And so we charged 80. And he said to me, I said, oh, that's a lot of money to pay us. Well, you know, back then, because I was just starting, I didn't even start the business yet, right? Mm-hmm. He goes, well, but you're going to pay attention now because you paid a decent amount of money for some advice. You're going to go and follow it. Mm-hmm. And I did. And the reality was that was a big difference in in you know, $50 an hour, more money, yep. same work. And I can always discount. I could always go from 80 down to 30. If I had you to. can't go up. You can't go up. You can't turn around to someone and say, you know, usually when I'm negotiating, I'm trying to sell something, somebody will say, oh, how about $30? I go, how about 50? Mm. And he gets rid of them. Because <laughs> it's not going anywhere, that negotiation. And so, yeah, I think that the biggest problem is, is that, you know, if you, if you try to do, if you don't really have a clear outcome of what you're trying to achieve, and I mean, I wrote a business plan at the time, pretty short it was, only about five, six pages, I think. I wrote it and I stuck it in the bottom drawer and never opened it for another five Correct. Months. It's got to be a live document. So this is why the business canvas map is so good because you can have it as a live document. Mm. So, um, and a lot of the time, people will put together a big detailed business plan, but they it's all theoretical. So, and it's going to change after, after three months, after mm. two months. So it's about, you just have to have that, just enough information in there for you to know who your potential target market could be, what your offer is and what your value is. 
Uh, and then you, you just have to test, test and repeat kind of thing. So, mm. so what do you think about the 90 day sprint thing? Cause that's something I, I typically sort of talk to clients a bit about. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So what I do is put together, it's about having a, a yearly action or so, sorry, a yearly strategy where you want to be in a year's time, then break it down into 90 day sprints or quarterly sprints and no, knowing that those quarterly sprints are going to help you get there. And then you review every quarter. So you're breaking in smaller chunks, right? So you're yeah, like, yep. Yeah. It's like how do how do you eat an elephant? Hmm. It's it's um one bite at a time. You start on the leg, one bite at a time. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, because you're trying to eat in one hole, it's gonna not gonna taste too good in the end. Correct, correct. And you're not gonna know how to bite them. So yeah, it's cool. So um, one of the things that I, I've got a feeling with this is going that you have the value of time and freedom, right? As a mm. business owner, valuing their time. Yep. Um, tell me a little bit about that because I've, I've got kind of a thing we usually do with clients that's interesting. I'm interested in do the same thing. It's Yeah, so for me, so many business owners uh, were like, oh, it's so much easier if I do it myself and I, rather than, than handball, handball it off to others. So I, I say to my clients, if I don't like charging by time, but I say to clients, if it's anything less than $300 per hour, you start, or you need to delegate it out. Mm. So you need to go and get a, an assistant. You need to get someone else to do it because if you're, if it's not making you 300 per hour plus, it's not worth your time. Mm. So, uh, otherwise you're going to be stuck in the business on a day, on a daily basis kind of thing. And so many people get into business because they want to control their, their future. And, and if they're stuck doing any, the lower value tasks, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to control uh, your time. Essentially hide yourself a job at the end of the day, haven't you? Like Basically, yeah. yeah. You've got, got yourself a job, but with longer hours and a whole heap more responsibility. Horrible boss. Yeah. <laughs> Usually a horrible boss then. Because <laughs> you, know, you never let yourself go. Because one of the things we used to do with clients is we go, how much money do you want to make a year? Mm-hmm. And then divide it out by, say, 40 hours a week and come up with a number. And typically that's way more than what they expect. Yeah. The rate suddenly is a lot more. And I mean, and I've had scenarios now that when I went straight away, my thinking is, um, should I do this? And how much should I be getting paid to do this? And yeah. Not something that I should be doing. And, and we, we actually started a system off just recently that we worked on called, we call it the matrix. And, and we basically allocated points. Yep, a time time value matrix. Yeah, yeah. So basically, we'd say like if, if it was a web designer, maybe it was one point, maybe that's twenty five dollars an hour. Um, a developer might be three points. That's twenty five dollars times three, right? Mm. On like six points. And so what happens is, as soon as you start looking at that, you think, well, I can't, I can't do this job for this client. I can't do this web design stuff, even if I'm what, even if I want to, mm. because I actually have to then downgrade my hourly rate. Yes. Yeah. And straight away that changed the way that you look at it because suddenly I'm not doing that. I'm going to get someone else to do that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. Mm. Yeah, that's it. So, and that's how, how you should be looking at it. Uh, because otherwise you're just going to get stuck on, on the, on the Ferris wheel or whatever, on the, on the rat trap kind of thing. <laughs> exactly. Rolling around doing nowhere. Um, and I mean, that's, and it's hard for a small business though, when they don't have the money coming in Yeah. to do that. And I think one of the biggest issues that I've seen is that they don't charge enough. Is that what you see? Like they, they really could be charging a lot more. Yep. Yep. Because they don't, don't have enough confidence or don't understand what their value is. Mm. So, um, or they don't value themselves enough. 
Yeah, so I mean, we did a few years ago, we doubled, doubled our prices and halved our database. <laughs> um, and and doing making so much money but doing less work because then we can focus on better work. We can actually do a better job of a project because we've got less on us to do it. Yes. At the end of the day, the client gets better results, everybody wins. So sometimes you'll think, oh, charging more, I can't do that because, you know, whatever the market won't pay it or whatever. But sometimes charging more pushes you into that kind of quality area where you can compete better. Correct. And you're more likely to get referrals too because you're, you'll enjoy the work that you do mm-hmm. um, and you know um, that you're putting out quality work. Yeah. So um, tell me, like, if you were talking... This is what I said the other day, so the reverse, actually. If you look at your previous self, so how long have you been in business now? This business for a couple of years, but running my own business uh, almost 10 years now. So if you go back 10 years, right? Um, or a bit, a bit longer, what would you tell your pro, you know, prior self what you should have looked out for, like top couple of things that you would have told them? That it's, a good, it's a good question, isn't it? Question. <laughs> trust the process. Right. Um, trust, trust the process and know that everything's going to be okay. Not the stress about the little stuff. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's probably the simplest one. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, because I think at the end of the day, like I think I always just say to people, is it matter? Is it going to matter in ten years' time? Because very little does. Yeah. Yep. Um, what? Yeah. Ten years' time, everything's going to be different to now. Just, just trust the process, take action, and don't fret the day-to-day stuff. So, so what book are you reading at the moment? That's a good question. So, um, you got a few books in the background, I see. So, yeah, yes. <laughs> I'm actually listening more to audio books at the moment. And the one I've got currently is a dichotomy of leadership, right? So, um, the let me just check on my phone. The, I always forget the author's names, right. uh, and I recommend all business owners uh, listen to it or, or read it. Sorry, um, Jocko Willick and Leif Babin. Uh, so definitely, definitely get that. It's a follow up to, it's a follow up to extreme ownership. Right. Okay. Sounds good. I've never heard of it. <laughs> there you go. Definitely, really, really good. Um, it's, the first one is extreme ownership. Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. So, okay. cool. Uh, any business owner, anyone wanting a bit of personal development should should mm-hmm. read or listen to these books. So what's your thought about this reading books like? Is it something that um, you find a lot of your clients don't do? Okay, so originally uh, I, I didn't like reading or listening to, to books, podcasts, anything like that. And then I realised you've got to be continually learning to grow. So you need to be careful and make sure you're not getting too many outside influences Mm-hmm. Or, or work out how you can distill the information because otherwise you can get overwhelmed. Yeah. But you need to be continually learning. Mm. And I think it's also one of the things that I, um, I read the other day, which was quite interesting, so I went and did it, was um, buy some books on totally different subjects you would never read about. Yeah, yeah. And, and you, you work out how you can apply it to, yeah. to your life. Yeah. Because so. I started reading a book on Sapiens and it's, uh, it's a brief history of, of the world. Okay. And it's a very interesting book because it talks about human nature and all that sort of stuff. So it's, it w- sounds like it's a history book, but it's not. Mm. But it's very well done and it, it clarifies a lot of things that happen in retrospect. So when you look behind and see what history was really about. Yeah. That sort of was a very interesting book in terms of, of other things or conversation with clients and stuff like that. But I wouldn't have normally gone and bought a book like that because at the end of the day, it's 
not really a self, not really in the wheelhouse, right? It's not a business mm. book, it's not a self-development book. You know, it's like nothing or management book or anything like that. It's basically all about history of, of, of humans and how they got there. Um, but humans, history and stuff is very relevant to business, right? How people think, totally. do stuff, where we're going, all that things is very important when it comes down to it. So, yeah. So I think having a mindset to read some different sorts of books. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to be continually learning and looking at different angles. Yeah. So um, time for a bit of shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> Always. Always got a bit of a shame. So tell me a little bit about what, about what you do um, and, and how people can get hold of you and all that kind of stuff. How about, I, how about I give you my 30-second elevator pitch? That's a good pitch, right? Let's give you 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, if, as a, if you were to go and climb Mount Everest, would you climb Mount Everest by yourself? Seriously, don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you'd probably get someone that's been there and done that to help guide you up yep. the top of Mount Everest. So my question uh, is, as a business owner, why would you go and build a business by yourself um, when you can actually go and get someone else that's been there and done that before. Mm-hmm. So I, I market myself as a business Sherpa. I've been there, done that. I've fallen off the side of my Mount Everest and got to the top. Mm-hmm. I've come back Now I come back down to the bottom and I help others get to the top of, of their business. Okay, cool. I was wondering what the Sherpa thing was all about. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> now, now, now we understand. Right. So, that makes sense. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. And, and, and nowadays, you know, to me, coaching or all that sort of consulting work, if you're doing a good job, you can add so much more value to a business. Totally. And, and really make double their revenue sometimes. I mean, you know, even when we were selling accounting software, I would go in and I had this statement that I could find $100,000 in an hour. Yep. Yeah. And you go, rubbish, you can't do that. And I said, that's easy. I could find a million if I spent a couple of hours. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah that's it. Like, like 100 grand is not much, right? Um, when you think about it, because you could just increase the price. If you turn over a million dollars, increase the price price by 10%, you're there. Yep. <laughs> right. Yeah, that, that's it. Uh, and so many people don't, or so many businesses don't actually increase their their revenue, or their, their sales point to be in line with the market. They undervalue themselves. Mm. So uh, there's so many ways to, to add 5, 10, 15% to the bottom line. So, mm. and another way is also like you, okay, you increase, increase, uh, revenue by sales point by five percent then you decrease you reduce costs by by five percent because there's there's a whole heap of dead wood in the business you don't need to spend money on um you change supply you save five percent there and then you then so you've done five percent in five different areas and that's a multiple when you look at your bottom line profit you're not actually increasing bottom line profit by five percent you end up increasing it by about 15 or 20 percent so we used to do some math on that and it worked out with like 67% increase in profit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I've got a, an ebook, how to increase your bottom line profit by 34%. Mm. And you're actually only changing uh, five different, six different areas of your business by 4%. Mm. So very minimal changes that people won't notice. Yeah. yeah. You're increasing your bottom line profit by 34%, which is what, what counts. Exactly. And I think I used to have this theory in business when I was, when I was doing consulting work with computer IT stuff right is that people always pay an extra 10 percent and wait one more day yeah and so if you can get away with charging more and be a little bit like you know, just come tomorrow instead of today then you've got a big difference because you can actually project your business out a bit further yeah yeah <laughs> so yeah yeah there's so many different ways to, to add add to your bottom line probably you just have to take a step back and look at it from a different angle 
Yeah, and I think they'd take that holiday, right? So I think basically what we have to get people to commit to is take that one week off. And I think one of the nice things about that is that if you've got other people working in your business, um, then you get to find out what goes wrong in that week. And if you don't have anybody else working in your business, you're going to ask yourself the question, if I get sick or whatever for a week, what happens? What's going to happen, yeah. So it's, it's a hard, if you can't take a week off, then you've got to ask the question, why can't you do that? That's it, exactly, exactly. You've, you've got yourself a job, not a business. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yes. Cool. Well, I must have read all the same books, I reckon. <laughs> I reckon. <laughs> and had the same experiences by the sounds of it. Uh, it sounds like it. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a whole underbelly of, look at this theory, and I reckon I'm still going to work on this, is that there's a whole underbelly of, of entrepreneurs around the age group, like the 40 to 50 age group, late 40s, early 50s, that basically um, went through a whole transformational process about, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, they all had failed businesses, all things went wrong with them and they've grown up to a point where they're coming back again. There's a, yeah, there's a lot there. Yeah. And I think basically those guys are now, it's a bit like what we're doing too, is that we've managed to sort of reinvent yourself and come back to it. And, but with the knowledge of what happened before, what went wrong. And that's the thing with startup businesses, they don't get that right. They, they have to that failure process. There's so many obvious things now. Look back and think, well, why didn't we do that? Yeah. Well, why did we do this? Or why didn't we do that? Mm. It's a school of hard knocks. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is, that, is if you can help someone avoid some of those big ones, <laughs> that's it. making mistakes in business, I reckon there's nothing wrong with making mistakes, but some of those big obvious ones, you think that was a bad idea and um, I shouldn't have done it. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming along and talking to us. Um, we'll put up some links and info on, on our podcast about you know, your website and stuff like that. But just in case, what website do they go to to, um, to get you just in case? www.evolvetogrow.com.au Cool, nice and easy. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, thanks again and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you very much. Cheers. You've just been listening to another great Evolvepreneur podcast interview. We hope you enjoyed it. Please visit evolvepreneur.biz today to find out more about our online community and how you can take part.